shotglassdigital.com. Geek Out Loud is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash geekout. Over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player of your choice. Audibletrial.com slash geekout. Help us out, guys. Come on. Come on, help us out. This episode of Geek Out Loud as we stare in the face of Force Friday, in the shadow of Force Friday, if you will. Because I'm stuck in the past, we look back at Star Wars collecting of years gone by. All this and more on your safe place to geek out. This is the Geek Out Loud Podcast. Welcome to Geek Out Loud. You are welcome here, and we welcome you, and we're glad you're here. Your safe place to geek out on the internet. My name is Steve Glosson, and I am excited and happy to be along with you on this episode because we're going to talk about something that has been in my system for years and years and years and years. We're going to look back and talk about Star Wars collecting. Oh, we're not just going to hang around in the 70s and 80s, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to bring it full forward right up to the edge of Force Friday. Uh, At the time of this recording, Force Friday is going on worldwide. StarWars.com has been doing a live unboxing event. Bless the hearts of Andy Gutierrez and whoever she's on. I can't think of the other guy's name that she's been been doing it with. But man, they've just been at it and doing a great job as as they do with their coverage of things and they've been showing off some toys and some merchandise and and all kinds of stuff it's been uh, from all over the world all around the world statues crumble for me who knows how long i love you what is that song who what is that i just want to fly why am i singing that song isn't that a song from the 90s mm. From the late 90s, too. From the dark period of the 90s. From the dark ages. From the dark days. The dark times. Um, Yeah, but they've been doing a great job over there. And that, uh, man, that Poe Dameron Lego X-Wing looks pretty cool. The Hasbro X-Wing looks pretty cool. I'm not a big fan of these Jax toys, you know, that are like four feet tall. Like the four foot tall Stormtrooper and everything. Not a fan. I I just, I, I don't, I mean... In my heart of hearts, I'm a three and three quarter inch guy. But they've been showing off, oh man, that Sphero BB-8 droid, which is apparently has a $150 price tag to it. So much for putting that in my shopping cart this weekend. 
but that looks really cool. You control it with your phone, and the, the, the commercial they've put out is really great. We'll talk about all that and a little bit more as we get into things. Before we do, though, one place, if you're not able to get out to the Midnight Madnesses and Madnesses around your town and area, Amazon.com is doing their own Force Friday, and if you want to go to Amazon.com and check it out, use the links at Geek Out Podcast and GeekOutOnline.com. Uh, just click there. It won't cost you anything extra. won't charge you a dang thing. But just go to a different website and click to Amazon first. And in doing so, you really help out the shows. Uh, the, we, we, get a, we get a little taste of the purchases that are made uh, thanks to Amazon and thanks to you guys for using those links. I really appreciate it. If you want to support the shows directly, of course you can do so at patreon.com slash geekoutloud with all the other 90 some odd supporters there chip in a dollar you think you do you think that the shows of the goliverse are worth a dollar a month if you do just throw in a dollar get your name up on the goliverse wall of fame just like jesse james just like john in swinimer trained in the deepest parts of the jungle john drank the Drink deep the secret black ivory potion that infused him with the ability to control kinetic energy. He can gather around himself to propel himself long distances, protect himself from harmful impacts, move heavy objects, and even cause small explosions. He is our featured supporter, Swinimer. John Swinimer. John M. Swinimer. Uh, featured Patreon supporter this episode of Geek Out Loud. By the by, uh, we've heard you... We have, we've heard the cries, we've heard the demands for all of the Goliverse shows to have t-shirts, and they're starting to trickle out at a new site, tpublic.com. The, the site's not new, it's new for us. We've got a couple of very basic designs up there right now. One is just a very basic Geek Out Online shirt um, <clears throat> that, you can, that you can snag and grab. Uh, and, and the great thing about this is you can buy any style of shirt you want. Uh, they've got the, the girl cut shirts. They've got your regular crew necks and V-necks. They've got hoodies, baseball tees, however you want to, however you want to do it, you can do it at T public and, uh, as well as a mark out loud design. And you can go with whatever color you'd like. Apparently, apparently you're not bound to the color that is on display there. So check those bad boys out. Here's how you get there. The best way to get there is by going to geekoutonline.com slash shirts. Keep your eye out there. Because as the weeks go on, as the days go on, you'll see Rock Out Loud shirts, Disney Vault Talk shirts, more designs of Mark Out Loud and Geek Out Loud shirts. You're going to see uh, multiple, multiple things happening over there. We're going to have a little storefront. It's going to be there indefinitely. I'm not handling any of the shipping stuff. It's all done through TeePublic. They're a great website, quality shirts. Uh, these will end up being some of the best shirts we've ever gotten. And as we get more and more designs rolled out... Um, you're gonna you're gonna love what what they've got and what they're doing for you over there. So geekoutonline.com/shirts is where you can go and get your goal gear, your Goliverse gear, your back to school Goliverse gear. Too bad we're not going back to school right now. We're already there for most of us. School sucks. So <laughs> I hate school. I'm not gonna lie to you. And and if there are kids listening, look, kids, stay in school. Do all the work you're supposed to do. Make good grades. If for no other reason than to be able to get done and get out. Go to college. Finish college. Be responsible in college. Make sure that you're at college to go to college, to get an education, to get a degree, and, and do all that stuff for the sole purpose of being able to get out and get out successfully. 
and never look back. I thought about going back to school. It must have been six years ago, six, uh, four or five, four to six years ago. And I talked to some people and I, and I tried to find somewhere and I just sat and thought by myself, I was, I got alone and I'm like, is this something I really want to do? Do I really want to go finish out this particular degree? Do I really want to go finish out a degree at all? And I just remembered how I do school and I'm terrible. I'm terrible at school. And so I'm like, no, that's not for me. But hey, look, you finish school. Do as I say, don't do as I do. That's all I'm saying. That's our message. The more you know, that's our the more you know message for for me. Don't be a professional artist, though. Tough, tough road. In, indeed, Nick Nugent says so. I agree, Nick. Nick, you related to Ted? Nick's in the chat, by the way, where we're live at Mixer.com slash Goliverse tonight. Mixer.com slash Goliverse. And if you ever want to li- listen to us live, jump over there with us. We have a good time. It's a fun time. A lot of good people in the chat right now. Currently 23 people. Currently 23 people in the chat. It's currently 18 minutes at the top of the hour. 73 degrees at the station. I think it's hotter than that right now, by the way. I think it's more like 77. We had a nice little cool snap. Why am I talking about the weather? Because I'm trying to bury the lead, everybody. Trying to bury the lead. Um... And I just found out that we've got a graphic designer in the chat that never told me they were a graphic designer. Could totally use some of your expertise. 83 degrees right now at the station. So, uh, Jonathan of the Marcus Brothers says, Guys, I need your help. I'm trying to find an old episode. I've listened to at least 40 old episodes trying to find it. It was a goal or a big honking show, but during the episode, a guy's car truck got, got hit by lightning and he called up the show. Does anyone remember that? That was a big honking show. Probably live, probably never released. So there that is. Um, <clears throat> anyway, what are we here to do? We're here to geek out loud. And the best way to do that is hear from you guys. So let's jump into some emails. Man, the the mailbag is as full as a insert proper simile here. I don't know. It's 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 like a it's like ten pounds of potatoes stuffed into a five pound sack. Straight up serious business. Um John Waymire chimed in. He says, been enjoying the latest goal uh polls on the latest goals, the latest goal polls, which you can find at Facebook.com slash geek out loud. He says, I'm always too late to participate. I would have chosen Jurassic Park and Superman. This was back, uh, I forget what we were, what the poll was. Then. Oh, we were talking about Jurassic Park or Jaws and Superman or Batman. Um, now I have a challenge for you. I'm laying down the gauntlet. Are you brave enough? Do you have the guts to do a poll on Star Wars versus Star Trek? I mean, here's the thing, John. I haven't done that yet. I've not read your email yet to this point. Uh, even though this is from a while back, and I apologize for taking so long to get to it, we've been we've had a lot of packed shows. What with the Goliverse Reed shows, the Pass the Corn shows, and uh, and so you know I haven't meant for listener feedback and emails to 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 take a back seat, but unfortunately have. That's why we're here tonight to do this together, to walk through these things together. But I will say this, John Waymeyer, I will say this: um, it doesn't take guts to do a poll like that, and that's why I haven't done it yet. There's no bravery involved in that because Star Wars wins. I mean, it's a 
this is this is a safe place to geek out except for Star Trek and Twilight. So, yeah, I don't think there'd be any Trekkies that would say, "Oh, I like I like Star Trek better than I like Star Wars." So, and he's and even you say in your PS, put you down for Star Wars is the best franchise ever. So, there you go. Uh, Matt Williamson chimes in. He says, "Steve, I just heard the Ready Player One episode where you mentioned your donut burger recipe. I was wondering if you might share more info on this. Is there a recipe or actual steps you follow?" That sounds amazing. Well, Matt, here's the deal with the donut burger. Number one, be ready uh, with blood transfusions or bypass surgeons nearby. Um, what you want to do is take a donut. I have in the past used Krispy Kreme donuts, but you could use any garden variety donut, I imagine, as long as it's got you know a little bit of firmness to it. It doesn't necessarily have to have a lot of firmness. Um, you want to slice it in half. Now, you don't want to slice it like in half where you've got two half circles. You want to, I don't know how to say this, across the bias? I don't know. But you want to slice where you're, where you're basically making two donuts, you know, where the insides are, are sticking out. And then what I do is in a hot pan, uh, or on a hot griddle, if you will, uh, just a touch, just a small pat of butter to kind of grease things up a little bit. Throw those things down with the, with the insides facing the grill and kind of toast them up real good um and you may even want to wait till the end to do that part but that what that does is that kind of seals up though that bread part you want to take your burger however you like to do your burger now the thing with the donut burger is you can't make it too big or too thick all right so you got to make sure the burger's done just right um you know make it a little bit bigger than the donuts and 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 make sure it's kind of thin not not super thin not paper thin but you know thin enough that it's not going to end up being just a big meat wad ball in your hand uh i i then cook the, and however you like to season your burgers you do all that blah 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 activate cook that bad boy up i put cheese i put bacon that's all i do with it all right i don't put any condiments on it because you're going to lose the taste of the donut there then you take your donut if you once you've got it good and toasted or grilled, if you will, and you put it where the sugary part, the what was the outside of the donut, is now the inside of your bun. So, yeah, and all that sugar kind of mingles in with all that meat and, and and cheesy goodness, and it's you know, mm, that's my mouth you hear watering. It's um. I, you know, it, it's sinful, but glorious all the same. It is, it is a, it, it is an example of American arrogance, the donut burger. <laughs> it is, it is just that kind of example of, of American arrogance. So Matt, there you go. Try it out. See what you like. See how you do it. Uh, Michael High Nip has emailed in if you're not using the star wars tops card trader app i'm not going to advertise them because they're not an advertiser here on the show i use it if you want to trade with me i'm steve g125 uh michael nip says had sent a picture in and he says uh you're bringing the card trader community together and come to find out in a trade comment he had traded up with uh co984 life class of 98 for life who we all know is the mother of the Goldiverse Reads book club, that's Nicole, and uh, and so bringing people together in the Card Trader app, the Goldiverse doing so. Um, 
I am saving credits for when they do the next remastered series. Uh, I've missed a lot of the fun card art stuff. They're doing these IM packs right now, which are, I guess they're okay, but I, I've kind of collected them a little bit. I've only half-heartedly gone after them, though, because I'm trying to save as many credits as I can for when they bring back the old, um, the old remastered, if they do some of the vintage remastered stuff. So, um, so you know, Steve, Steve G125, feel free to trade. It'll be fun, fun times, fun times. So bringing the bringing the community together. William William says, "Hey Steve G, hope all is well with you. I have some pretty urgent instructions for you. Drop what you're doing right now and go pick up Marvel Star Wars number seven. Do it. It's a truly fantastic tale about old Ben. I picked up three versions. I particularly like the Moore variant as it's based on the sideshow one fifth mythos statue I have, and that statue captures the spirit of what old Ben is all about." I'd love to hear your thoughts on the comic issue. Cheers, and that's Will from St. John's, Newfoundland, Canada. Um, yeah, I'm not there yet on the on the Unlimited app. We're only up to number three, I think, Star Wars number three. So I'll get there in a few months. We'll let you know. So far, I got to tell you, the the comics that they've done, I, I'm reading, they've got Darth Vader on there now, and we're up to number two of Darth Vader, and... With the Star Wars, um, I think we're just up to three, maybe maybe just two. Let me, I'll do a quick search and tell you, um, and 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 we'll all we'll all we'll all do this together as this happens. Um, yeah, they won't. They're only up to two. A lot of fan, I feel like there's a lot of fanboy service in it. You know, Luke and Vader kind of face off a little bit. It's very early after the. After the events of Star Wars, they're facing off, and Vader gets a hold of his old lightsaber, and I don't know. It's just, it's like, oh my, you know, they, they, they I know they wanted me to have that. Oh my goodness! But I'm just kind of having that. Yeah, well. But I'm not saying it's bad stuff. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm saying that I feel like this is one of the one of the things that's coming out of the everything's canon is that they're scared to diverge and get way too imaginative with stuff and just kind of go out there, you know, and throw in a green rabbit or some hoojibs or stuff. I say just go have fun with it. And it doesn't necessarily have to be canon. Um, You know, that was one of the great things that was good that I liked about the Legends stuff. And so whenever anything changed in the Clone Wars or with the movies, you know, and everyone lost their junk, I'm like, yay, good, lose it, you know. It's a let it go, and um, and and with the comics, I feel it's the same way. But th- they're not bad. I'm not saying they're bad. I'm just saying hasn't hasn't been hasn't been my favorites of all time. Um, let's see what we've got here. John uh, John who chimed in earlier says. Hey, Steve, I got a Force Awakens theory. Finn and Rey are stepbrother, stepsister, and here's why. The last name of both these characters has been hidden in all the teaser stuff we've gotten so far. Could it be they're both named Solo? But wait, you say, how can this be? These characters are from different ethnic backgrounds. Simple. There's this thing called the Story Group, and they're telling us that all new material is canon. That includes comics. Comics that just revealed that Han Solo had a wife. The wife in question just happens to be black. So maybe Han Solo had a baby with her, thus producing Finn, then later had a baby with Leia making Rey. I'm probably totally off the comics or coincidence, but just something to ponder. By the way, thanks for helping with some trades on the old card trader. Um, which my name is Steve G125. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say, John, I disagree with your theory. I, I think that 
you know, of course, you know, spoiler alert for everyone, there was an issue of Star Wars where this lady shows up and says she's Han Solo's wife, and then at the beginning of the next issue, Han's like, Lay, it's not like that, you don't understand. It's very, it's very Sam and Diane, and I say that because I've been watching a lot of Cheers lately. But it's very much one of those things where probably this lady's either trying to swindle Solo, they did a bit where they were married, she's a jilted lover, etc., etc., etc. It's going to come out, I think, that it's not as big a deal as everyone has made it out to be. Um, Red Blue Super Dude, great, great, great email name, uh, says, Hello, Steve, I was sending you this email to ask you when you'll be doing the next Big Honkin' Show. It's been a very long while since you've done the last one. And I got to tell you, I really, really miss it. And that's Red Blue Super Dude. Uh, we'll be doing it when we do it, man. Um, it's been really... Fridays have been weird lately, and so I haven't had a chance to just get on and, and find the stuff I want to do. But uh, but they're always fun. I have a blast. And so you never know. You never know what may be happening uh, in, in the coming weeks and days. Mitchell Huff, our good friend Mitchell Huff, says, Fantastic Four has been raked over the coals. I thought I'd write in with some positivity. I'll admit it took me a bit to come up with something. I love the first sequence. Do you think if the internet wine machine cranks loud enough we could get a full-on Super 8-style movie featuring young Richards and Grimm? No, I don't want that. I'd watch the heck out of that movie. I wouldn't. A sequel to this one? Not so much. I'm really looking forward to hearing you bring out the silver lining in this one just don't feel so just so I don't feel bad about my ticket purchase. I apologize for nothing, especially not the length of this email. And that's Mitch Huff. Um... Mitch, of course, from the Lost Hours podcast, he and Steve uh, Schoenborn came on a few weeks back, and we had a blast. Yeah, I've talked Fantastic Four to death. I, I tried to be as positive as I could. Just come away. It's just a flop. It's just a failure of the studio and a creative director slash writer to really make things job and make things happen. And I also feel like it's the, the mistake of saying, well, this ultimate Fantastic Four was better than what we have. We don't know how to tweak the origin of the family that we've known and loved for generations to make them work. So we're going to go this other route. And I feel like that's the big mistake. I feel like the big mistake is is not doing what works because that Reed Richards from the Ultimate Universe becomes someone he calls himself the master. What is he, a Doctor Who villain? Hello, Whovians! Um, <laughs> uh yeah, I, I don't get it. Or the maker, not the master. He becomes the maker. Um, so I feel like if you know that's kind of the end of that particular character, why would you ever start with him? You want you, and this comes down to me. I want my heroes to be heroes, you know, and villains to be villains. Um, yeah, there's a there's a lot that's wrong with that movie. And had it been anything but a Fantastic Four movie, I think it would have been more well received in the same way that Chronicle was. And I think if you know, if Josh Trank had his druthers, that maybe the movie would have been a little bit better. But I think there's something to be said for learning to work within the studio system we have. We like to kind of dump on it and crap on it and that sort of thing. But you watch the people who learn how to work within it, and they make some pretty successful movies that we all come away enjoying to an extent. You know, the cracks in the Marvel Studios, a lot of people are saying are starting to show what with what happened with Age of Ultron and that sort of thing, which Age of Ultron was a great movie. I really enjoyed it. But at the end of the day, it was no first, you know, it was no Avengers. The sequel was not as good as the first one. Um, and and they swung, to me, they, they hit a home run with Ant-Man. I really, really enjoyed Ant-Man. Ant-Man, I think, will be my favorite superhero movie to come out of 2015. Um, 
but now it feels like they're so far in the rearview mirror. Even Fantastic Four, even though it's only been a couple of weeks, Fantastic Four to me is so far in the rearview mirror with nothing but Star Wars on the horizon. I'll hit that speed bump called Spectre, uh, James Bond. Um, but but fan, but Force Awakens is where so much of my attention and stuff is, and I'm glad because it's it's nice to um, to uh, to not worry about you know how bad a movie was and look forward to a movie that I think I think we'll all really enjoy. I really do. Uh, Matt Williamson says, I recently got into the Marvel Unlimited app and seeing as how you're a huge Hulk fan, I'm a huge everything I do. Look at me, I'm huge. I was hoping you could recommend a good starting place for Hulk comics. I saw several sites recommend Peter David's run. Do you recommend starting right where he comes on? It's somewhere in the 330s. No. I don't. I think you should jump around a little bit before his run to get to know the characters. Peter David's run is is fantastic. Don't get me wrong. It was a 13-year run of really good stuff, particularly the stuff he did with the Gray Hulk. But I think to really appreciate where he's at when he comes in at, I think, 328. Maybe he comes in at 330 um, is his first one. Uh, but in 324 is where the Hulk turns gray again, reverting back to the original color he was when, when he was first introduced in issue number one. I would say because on the, on the app, it's so accessible, read those first six Incredible Hulk comics, read some of his stuff from Tales to Astonish, and then start with Hulk 181 and just go through. And what you're going to find is a bunch of stuff you don't like. You're going to find some stuff you do like. But it, it's good stuff to pass the time, and that you know, and then and skip ahead a few issues every now and again. There's a great story arc, um, starting around two, two, start around two seventy or so, and 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 get some of that Hulk action going because then not long after that, he will Bruce Banner will take over the mind of the Hulk and he'll be in control. Then they go through Secret Wars, and when he comes back from Secret Wars is when he starts to lose it. And by issue 300, the Hulk is kind of snapped. Um, and Doctor Strange sends him to the crossroads of infinity. And so from like issue 301 to 312 or so, he's wondering, and he goes on a bunch of different adventures through these crossroads of infinity. Then he comes back because of the Beyonder, who was around for Secret Wars 2, brought him back to Earth. And he comes back kind of mindless and scary. And that leads into what they do to capture him. And they try to merge him back with Bruce Banner, which leads him to being the Gray Hulk, which leads to Rick Jones being a Hulk, which leads to battles between those Hulks, which leads to Peter David's run, which leads to a big gamma explosion where everyone thinks the Hulk is dead, but he's really the Hulk all the time, living as a leg breaker out in Las Vegas, which leads into... All kinds of great stuff. Check it out. Um, I would start, like I say, I'd read those first six issues, then jump ahead a little ways, and then jump ahead to around 270 or so, and and just have a good time. You know, and it's a great ride that you go on with there. He goes on to say, also, where do you recommend starting on Fantastic Four? Is it great from the get-go of Kirby and Lee's run? Should I just start with one from the 60s? My answer is yes. Start there because it's available and accessible, and you don't have to worry about, oh, my gosh, am I going to destroy this comic book? Start with that one. And you're going to find that the writing's different than comics today. It's a lot different. The panels are laid out a lot more. Uh, you know, here's a panel, here's a panel. You know, it's like six panels per page, that sort of thing. But you're going to get the feel of a lot of these characters and a lot of their villains. 
And you're going to get the feel of the way the storytelling was done and the way Marvel started to do things that really led into this whole continuity thing. And then, you know, if you find out you're getting a little bored, jump ahead to some of Burns' stuff, John Burns' run with the Fantastic Four. I think you'll enjoy it, Matt. William Malay says, add one to the listener geographic distribution for Canada. So St. John's Newfoundland, to be exact, Newfie there. Um, and he also says, I'm enjoying your Fantastic Four talk and your thoughts on Tranks FF. You reference the comics a lot. What are some of your favorite runs on the FF? Did you like Jim here? Did, did you like Jim Lee's Heroes Reborn from 1996? No. Uh, I, I mean, I liked it okay. I liked it for what it was. I was excited to see the heroes return, and then Chris Claremont came on, and unfortunately, it just wasn't that good um, to me. It, it, it drug a lot with with Chris Claremont's style of storytelling. He put a lot of heavy narration into what was going on, and at the time, we'd entered into where you know you were more into the character than you were the story, and, and that kind of become what I was used to. But I also didn't like. They got to where they overused Doom a little bit until finally Doom went away, and when he came back, he came back scary, and it was great. Um, Some of my favorite runs on FF, of course, John Byrne had a great run on the Fantastic Four. Uh, I'm not sure who did from around issue 302 or so to about 320-something. but that's when the thing was in charge, and there was Miss Marvel, who people now call She Thing, uh, Johnny and Crystal of the Inhumans. They were all the Fantastic Four. Um, Reed and Sue had gone away to try to raise Franklin, and 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 Ben got mutated again into a larger, you know, more rocky kind of thing. And I really dug that look for him. And I dug what they did during that time. That's where one of my favorite story arcs that I've talked about on the show before comes from. So I would check that out. He says, what pulls you more into a book, art or story? The story, a lot of times, the art has to be really bad to take me out. Lastly, of the four founding members of Marvel's fledgling first family, who are you most like in terms of personality and who do you most relate to? Uh, The Thing, Ben Grimm. I think uh, when you get to know him... He's a little bit of a whiny honey sometimes. He's a little bit of a whiny honey, but um, he's you know he's still funny. He he's that lovable. He's got a heart of gold, you know, with that gruff exterior. Um, and you know he's he's loyal. He's loyal to Reed, even though he complains all the time. He's super loyal to Reed. Would never turn his back on his family. Then he considers these guys his family. So I think you know, but there's also some tragedy there to him. Um, so I think, yeah, I think him, I think, I think he's the one that I, that I gravitate to the most. Let's get a couple more out here before we get into talking some other stuff. He says, this is Rusty Owens. He says, Hey Steve, big listener to all the shows of the Goloverse. Thanks for all of the shows. They make my work day go by so much faster. I have a question about Star Wars episode seven. My son and I have a disagreement on which trilogy is our favorite. Well, wait a minute. Do you disagree that his favorite trilogy is his favorite? And he disagrees that yours is... Or is he like, my favorite trilogy is a prequel? You're like, no, it's not. You're wrong. That's not your favorite. Anyhow, he says, I grew up watching the original trilogy, and one of my fondest memories was my mom checking me out of school with three of my friends to go see Return of the Jedi the day it came out. I also have fond memories of the prequels. The Night of the Phantom Menace... Uh, the night Phantom Menace came out was also the night of my wedding rehearsal dinner. Right after things wrapped up, we all headed there and watched it that night. 
We even saw the pastor who married us that night as well. That's fun. Even with that, nothing beats the first original trilogy for me. My son, on the other hand, is a child of the prequels. He loves the first three, plus has seen all the Clone Wars, and we love watching Rebels together. Since the Episode 7 announcement, though, he's been more and more excited and asked every day if I know anything more about the Star Wars movie. So my question is this. Do you think that children that grew up with the prequels will begin to have a new appreciation for the original trilogy after Episode 7 comes out? Um, no. What I've found is that kids who love the prequel trilogy and also like the original trilogy, their fondness for the original trilogy grows as they understand more and more the fullness of the story. Uh, let's face it, when you've got the Clone Wars, you've spent a lot more time with Anakin than you ever did with Luke and Han. You've spent a lot more time with Obi-Wan than you ever got to in the original trilogy. You've spent more time with characters that aren't even around. You've, you've spent more time with Ahsoka than you have some of the main characters from the original trilogy. So it only makes sense that this is who these kids are going to gravitate to, you know, toward more. So it may be that Episode Seven does that. It may be that The Force Awakens does reignite and rekindle and, and spark an appreciation that wasn't there before for some people, but I'm not sure. I, you know, I think they're just going to like it differently, and I think that's the... You know, and, and as long as it, to me, as long as it's Star Wars, that's what matters. That's what, that's what makes, makes it all fun. It makes it all worth it. So, uh, so Rusty, don't disagree with your son on what he likes. Let him like it and learn to love the prequels, sir. Learn to love them. Because whether you like it or not, best thing going today. I do love the prequels. I love the original trilogy. My favorite Star Wars movie is Return of the Jedi. That may change, but I doubt it. Um, <clears throat> Samuel Moon says, Hello, Steve. It's been a while since I've written into Goal, but your recent episode with Erish sparked this email. On that show, you read a couple of emails about collections. I have a couple of collections. For a while, I collected Superman figures. I have about 20 of them, ranging from Superman Blue, Superman Red, and Dark Knight Returns to Young Justice and Man of Steel. But recently, my Superman collection has taken a backseat to my new addictions. First, I've been collecting the Marvel Disney Infinity 2.0 figures. I have all of them, including Iron Man, Thor, Hulk, Captain America, Black Widow, Hawkeye, Nick Fury, Loki, Spider-Man, Iron Fist, Nova, Venom, Green Goblin, Star-Lord, Gamora, Drax, Rocket Raccoon, Groot, Ronan the Accuser, and Yondu. They have recently released an Ultron figure and a Hulkbuster Iron Man to coincide with the release of 3.0. I haven't gotten them yet, but I plan to real soon. The only other one I don't have is a GameStop-exclusive Black Suit Spider-Man. I really want it, but you can only get it at games in a starter bundle for $50, and that's too much. I'll keep looking for one on eBay. My second obsession is Funko Pop vinyl figures. This obsession started two years ago, and my brother got me the Doc Brown and Marty McFly Funko figures for Christmas. Now my collection includes a DeLorean with Marty, CM Punk, Daniel Bryan, The Undertaker, Brock Lesnar, Age of Ultron, Hulk, The Tenth Doctor, The Tenth Doctor wearing 3D glasses, The Eleventh Doctor holding a Cyberman head, The Twelfth Doctor with a spoon, from from when he had a sword fight with Robin Hood, a weeping angel, a Dalek, two Tardis, Tardises, Tardises, anyway, the Red Power Ranger, the White Power Ranger, Fetty Krueger, Jason Voorhees, Michael Myers, Ghostface, Ash from Alley of Darkness, Arkham Asylum, Harley Quinn, Baby Groot, the Dark Knight Joker, Arrow, Boba Fett, Captain Cold, the Flash, Reverse Flash, all from the CW show, and a Loot Crate exclusive Joker Batman. <sighs> the Funko Pops are so fun and addicting because they have licenses for everything from Marvel to DC to Star Wars, Star Trek to World of Warcraft and Fallout and everything in between. And they usually run about $9 each, so they're not too expensive. Sorry for what seems like an epically long email, but your talk of collections really made me want to share mine. Keep up the great work, and God bless. Here, The Funko stuff I've never gotten into because 
back in the day, uh, around the power of the Jedi line of Star Wars, they, they released these super deformed figures, you know, that were kind of squat. They looked almost like the stuff that would come out later at the Burger King, um, in the Burger King promotions around the time of Revenge of the Sith. And I just never dug them. I, I'm like, I don't, I don't, they're a little too cutesy for me, and I just don't get it. I don't get the appeal. Um, I'm not. Obviously, I'm in the minority. Obviously, I am not someone who is running with the rest of the crowd. I'm realizing as I get older that my opinions are not those of everyone else in geekdom, and I'm okay with that. You got to be comfortable with yourself. But the I just haven't. Teresa loves the fun, the Funko stuff, the pop vinyl stuff. It's just never appealed to me. Now, what scares me is if someone turns around and says, "Hey, I found this Star Wars thing for you. Here you go." I'll be like, "Well, now I've got to get them all." It's that's the that is the problem with that I have. I know that if I were to get one, I'd end up being like, "Well, I didn't like them, but now I do. I'm going to have them all," and it'll be a just a hot mess, as we say, just a just a hot hot mess around here. Ah, uh, yeah, we're going to take a quick little break with a couple of quick promos. When we come back, we're going to talk some Star Wars collecting, ladies and gentlemen. And my last name's not even Sansweet. Check out Flash TV Talk. Flash TV Talk is your source for news, reviews, and spoilers for the upcoming CW show, The Flash. But wait, there's more. Every week we get hyped with discussion and commentary on The Flash and his previous TV incarnations, including Smallville, Justice League Unlimited, Flashpoint Paradox, Young Justice, and more. Accelerate your fandom with us on Flash TV Talk. Search for us on iTunes or find us online at Flash TV Talk. .podestery.com That's P-O-D-A-S-T-E-R-Y dot com Hey folks, I'm Jason And I'm Dan And we're here to tell you about our podcast, Flicks Flicks is a podcast that reviews the biggest movies hitting the theaters such as Captain America, Winter Soldier Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles The Amazing Spider-Man Godzilla Dolphin Tale 2 What? No, why would we review Dolphin Tale 2? The first one had Morgan Freeman in it. Morgan Freeman works with Batman. Anyway, 
We don't only cover the latest, we also cover the greatest. When there isn't a blockbuster hitting the local theater, we're talking about some of our favorites from the past. Movies like The Goonies. Star Wars. Featuring Steve Glossom. Gremlins. Terminator. National Lampoon's Vacation. The Last Airbender. Dude, no one liked The Last Airbender. You did. Stop derailing the promo. <sighs> now, why should you listen to our show out of all the other movie review podcasts out there? Because we really do love the movies we talk about. And because every couple of years, Steve Glossin comes on and talks Star Wars. Seriously, dude. Hey, know your audience. Fair enough. Listen to Flick's podcast because we know Steve. Hey, how's it going? Have you bought a Geek Out Loud t-shirt? Well, if you buy one today, we'll save a kitten. Don't like kittens? Buy a Geek Out Loud t-shirt? We'll make something happen to a kitten. Don't buy a t-shirt at all? We'll take the kittens that we have, we'll put them in a room, and we'll make them listen to Sarah McLaughlin music. Let nature take its course. Geekoutonline.com. Buy today. Yeah, we're back on Geek Out Loud. I might have to edit out when we go to put this thing live. Um, one of those commercials. I I just kind of stuck in there on a whim. I knew it was from Daniel and Indy, but wow. He didn't have the whole website in there. It's geekoutonline.com slash shirts. Keep going back there daily as uh, over the next few weeks we'll be trickling out more and more designs for all of the Goliverse shows. Also, we want to thank our sponsor, Audible.com. If you're not on to Audible right now, man, you are missing out. Audible is your place to go for all kinds of spoken word audio entertainment. Over 150,000 titles to choose from in every single genre you can think of. Now, if you want to jump in on the Goloverse Book Club discussion for this coming month, for the one for this month coming up, we're going to be looking at Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I can't suggest it enough. It's a great book. It's it's funny, it's subversively philosophical, and um, it's going to be a great discussion. And if you can't sit around and read, 
and you like to listen on the go, Audible.com has it unabridged as read by Stephen Fry, and it is really, really good. So check it out, audibletrial.com slash geekout for a free trial and a free audiobook download of your choice, and it helps out the shows when you do so. Let's listen to Chris Jericho sing. Every time I hear it, every time I hear it, I just get pumped. I love the Star Wars theme. I love the music of Star Wars. I've loved Star Wars since I was a a wee tot, as we say, just a young child. Always been one of my faves, and collecting is no different. Now, Force Friday is, we're in the shadow of Force Friday. At the time of this recording, it's happening all over the world. Uh, On the East Coast, where I'm at, we're about two and a half hours away from uh, Midnight Madness taking place all over, except in Hazelhurst, Georgia, where I am from. So, <clears throat> I am, uh, you know, kind of saddened by that. But by the time this this podcast is released, you will probably know that you can hear me on Rebel Force Radio's coverage of Midnight Madness coast to coast. So, uh, check it out. Uh, over there at Rebel Force Radio. I'll be sitting in with Jason Swank until they kick me out for their A-team, which I'm fine with. So, two and a half hours here in the old state of Georgia. And all the Force Friday stuff has got me thinking back and looking back to the merchandise of my childhood from back in the day. Now, I picked this particular uh, version of the theme rolling into the movie for one simple reason. This is from Episode 3. This is the... Uh, this is the main title, and then it's actually Star Wars and Revenge of the Sith as a track title. But uh, I'm going to let it breathe for a minute here. When I first bought this soundtrack back in 05, back in 2005, of course, it came with that great DVD with a bunch of music videos telling the story of Star Wars. I remember putting that in and just, and as I heard that first title, it made me want to get in the floor and play with Star Wars toys. Um, it, it really did. I, that's just what I thought. And, and that's one of those things that I always loved to do as a kid, you know, and I won't say I love doing it as, um, as an adult, because who would ever confess to that as a grown man? 
But I did. I used to love playing with the Star Wars toys and collecting the Star Wars toys. It's interesting. I was a collector, I think, before I ever thought about being a collector. Now, I was an opener, and I played with the toys, but I did my best to keep them in pristine, you know, in good a condition as I could. They were heavily played with, but they were never abused. I never understood kids who would strap firecrackers and, you know, to their toys and blow them up or you know, try to make their X-Wings fly off the roof and that and that sort of thing. But I, I definitely, um, definitely, definitely uh, would um, play with them. You know, I when when it snowed, we'd, you know, we'd take the snow speeder out and we'd do, you know, in the, in the ATST, we, I didn't have an AT-AT, and we would play Hoth and, you know, the storm, the snow troopers and stuff when, uh, you know, when, when we go to the beach, you know, sometimes I'd carry, you know, a Luke at least with me maybe to, you know, to play in the sand and that sort of thing. I, I did play with them. I, I never intentionally abused them and toy and pieces would get lost and little tabs would get broken off here and there. And, um, but I loved them. I loved, loved, loved my, my Star Wars toys. And, um, they, they were a huge part of my life growing up. Uh, the earliest Star Wars figures I had, my parents bought for me because I wouldn't leave my older brothers alone. And understand, I'm like one and a half, two at the time. Uh, so, and and then of course my older sister kind of liked Star Wars, and so they would buy for her, and then they'd buy for me after my brother passed. And so, uh, but I loved my Star Wars toys. I loved my Star Wars figures. I, I had, you know. Th- as a child had the x-wing had the tie fighter i remember when i i got my millennium falcon uh within a day or two's time i had the ramp on the millennium falcon one little tab's broken all of my life for the longest time my millennium falcon ramp wouldn't stay on because of the little the little lip was broken so i always had to set it in there rather than hook it on um and i was okay with that that was my millennium falcon i loved that thing uh, we'd put the batteries in it and I would, you know, use the, you know, all, all the batteries did was, was, was when you push the button and, and close the circuit, there was a little motor in there with a, with like a gear on, on, on the end of a rod and that gear would spin and just hit a piece of plastic, you know, that would make a sound, you know, um, and that's all they did. And, but it, it was great. And, and of course now there was a little light on the end of the X-Wing and on the TIE fighters, whether well, it would light up the snow speeder was really cool because it had um and i say it had like i don't have one sitting on the shelf over there right now it has the two guns that come out of the front and there was a light that when you when you push the button not only would make the sound but the light would light up and it would in almost like a glue stick kind of plastic thing in these in in the guns and so the light would kind of shine through them as well and blink just a little bit you know so it it was uh love that stuff but i it was huge it was huge to have these toys it was huge to play with these toys and i'll tell you something that the trading cards were just a big a deal to me as the toys were i had a blue tackle box that i would carry my cards around in my my the empire strikes back cards i have are in terrible horrible condition because i carried them everywhere i went i would sit there and flip through them all the time looking at the pictures reading the back as i learned how to read you know i'd read the i'd read the captions i'd read what was on the back and I would just I would just look at those pictures. The Return of the Jedi cards came out, and I was a little bit older, so I took a little bit better care of them. And um, for whatever reason, I didn't have the opportunity to collect those Return of the Jedi cards as much as I had the the Empire Strikes Back. But I love those Return of the Jedi cards all the same 
Never got in any of the second series stuff either. It was all series one cards. It's crazy. But I, I did, man. I, I absolutely adored having those things around because that was the way to relive those as well as like those record or tape, you know, read along storybooks that you'd get, you know, at the sound of R2D2, turn the page. And we had one. You'd put the little record on, you'd flip through the book with it, and you'd turn the page as it read the story to you. And had some music it had the sound effects and everything and i think that that is where i to this day remember yoda saying your father he is but face him you must is the return of the jedi read along storybook and that could dead i could be dead wrong on that and i've not done the research to discover that uh i'll need someone to um i will i i i'll, I'll have to get someone to do to discover that for me who who has access to that stuff but at the end of the day, it was the toys, toys, toys that were in my heart. One of my favorite things to do as a kid was to clean out my closet because it meant that I was going to pull every single Star Wars toy out of my closet, get to play with them, get to see what kind of shape they're in, get to make sure they're okay, and arrange them in the closet. Um, almost like a display kind of thing. I love doing that because it meant that every single one of my toys went through my hand. And I, and I would play with those toys at that time. There are a lot of toys that have been lost to history for me. The, you know, Kenner, was doing, Kenner would do some things where there was a, an exclusive Sears um, Cloud City play set that they released. It was nothing but like a cardboard artwork thing. And, you know, and, and so it was really flimsy and it ended up getting tattered and torn and probably thrown out by my mother. You know, and today, if you can find one, it's, you know, it's quite valuable. Not that mine would have been because of the shape it would have been in, but... These things, you know, it's it's the it's the state of being a kid. One of my favorite toys that is lost to history was the Han Solo blaster. This thing, I love this thing. I absolutely loved it. It, you know, later on they would release it, but it would be orange. You know, it'd be some weird color because of like you know gun toy laws and that sort of thing, toy gun laws. And but this was black. It looked like Han Solo's pistol. You had to press a button on the handle and pull the trigger at the same time, and it would make a noise. And I would carry that thing with me. That was my that was my weapon of choice when we would play war, you know, in the neighborhood with the neighborhood kids and that sort of thing. Um, but man, I, I dug I dug the heck out of that thing. I loved any of the figures that had lightsabers that would extend from their arm. That would be your Obi Wan, your first Luke, your Darth Vader. These all had lightsabers that would extend out of their arm. Now later on, Luke Bespin Luke would have a yellow lightsaber. And and then um, and then Jedi Luke would have his lightsaber that he just held in his hand. They were separate accessories, but I, I love those. It just kind of caught my captured my imagination. Of course, in experimenting with those and figuring out how they work, you'd take them out because you didn't want them always having because they always they had the little tassel on the end that would always kind of stick out. Tassel is the wrong word, but it would always kind of stick. And you didn't want all, that there all the time. So you know you finagled with it and figured out how to take the thing out and. And uh, then you'd lose the lightsaber that went in their arm. But thank God for party toothpicks. <laughs> Multicolor party toothpicks because you could use those and end up with the right colors, red and blue and green, man. And and have yourself some lightsabers for your uh, your toys where you lost their lightsabers to. Um, the vehicles that Kenner put out, you know, were... I'm not going to say that they were the greatest of all time, but man, the X-Wing, 
it had an R2 head that you push down and the wings would open up. The TIE Fighter, you could push buttons on either side and those wings would pop off as though it had been shot out of the sky. Um, the Millennium Falcon had, you know, the gun on top and of course it had the sounds that it would make, but you could pull off that that cover on the top and inside there was the the game board and if you didn't lose it there was a little training ball which was nothing but a bead on a string really and and you could pull open up the smugglers compartment and it was just like you're in heaven you thought this was the coolest thing they had a, a star destroyer playset that had darth vader's meditation chamber and there was a little light bulb and all this thing did is you push a button on the top and it took like two or three d-cell batteries the big ones the kind that hurt when you get chunked upside the head you push the button down and light up and you could see darth vader through the transparent window it also had this has this orange um kind of transparency but distorted thing that you could hang down and it would be like darth vader was talking to the emperor you know the the holographic communication kind of thing but man that the star destroyer playset was so cool because to me it's like oh you can fit so many figures down this thing it had the little trenches where the imperial officers would be and everything and you could set all your bounty hunters in there talking to vader and um and it had a gun on the end and it had three stand it had three legs on the bottom that you could actually put your arm underneath it and hold the front one as a handle and fly it around on your arm and there was a little tab where you could rotate you know back and forth ever so slightly the front gun on it and that was really cool the dagobah play set man the, the the kenner play sets they had were great the dagobah play set to me i would sit around and just stare and just look for hidden little things there were like snakes and lizards and little animals molded into the cave into the ground the atst walker the little chicken walker that dude was so cool you flipped a switch on the back and it loosened up the legs and you could press a button and those legs would move up and down you know and, and like it's walking through to to go out the snow or the forest you know and and go after your stuff the ewok village playset captured my imagination it had a boulder hanging from one of the one it had basically it was three trees that would hold it up and a platform connecting connected between the three trees on that platform was a little place where a fire pit and where you could roast a, a, a figure you know you could stick han or luke up in there to be roasted over the fire um all kinds of pegs for different figures to stand around it had a throne for 3po to sit on and underneath that was a net that connected up to the top you could let the net down and pull it up and catch people there was an elevator coming off of one of the trees one of the other trees had a boulder coming off it that you could swing back and forth to hit the bad guys and one of the trees had a secret escape route. You know, just put a you put a figure in, and whoop, it went down to the bottom. And I just always thought that was so cool. It just captured my imagination in such a big, bad way. I love, love, love the Imperial shuttle uh, of that time. I I love that ship from the moment I saw it in Return of the Jedi. I'm like, that is a cool ship, the Imperial shuttle to me because of the wings folding down, and the old toy. It had that feature. You the wings could go down, and you fold them up, and and it was big. It was it was massive. It didn't hold all the figures like you know maybe the the Death uh, the the Star Destroyer playset did or the Ewok playset did. But man, it was it was super cool. To me. I loved it. I, and I loved playing with it. And it was one of the first things I bought with my own money. It had gone on clearance at uh, Kmart. I had some birthday money. It had gone on clearance at Kmart, and we had a friend from our church that worked at Kmart, so he got to use his his employee discount, and I bought that thing for ten bucks, man. And it was mine, and I loved it forever and always. I still have it. It's in pieces. It doesn't. It's broke. Some of the wings have been broke for, for a long, long time. And a few years ago, someone saw one in really good condition, 
and picked up for me for about 75 bucks and now that's what's on display right now in the star wars room but um and and throughout time some of my older stuff has been kind of piecemealed out and, and done away with just as i tried to get things more and more complete and i hear people talk about well i still have my toys from the old days and i'm like i've got some of mine but but generally you know um i wasn't so i guess i wasn't so connected to my memories of them that I wouldn't try to get better versions of them, you know, um, because what I started doing back around the year 2001 is I would go on eBay and I would find just broken, other broken toys. And I would use those parts and, or I would take those parts and my parts and make one complete ship, you know, out of them. No, re, no reproduce, reproduce, reproduce parts, but, but I'll make those, but I, man, I tell you those figures to me, those, that, those, that, that whole, that whole line, that whole Kenner line, I absolutely, absolutely loved as a kid growing up and, and was sad in a way to see it go away, you know, and I always in my heart thought, well, maybe one day they'll bring it back. Maybe one, you know, and, and, and you just kind of grow up and you go through your stuff, but all through my life, honestly, honest to goodness, even through high school, I didn't like pull them out and play with the toys, but they were there in the closet. And every now and again, when I had to do, do a cleanup job, I would sit down and I would dig through my closet and I would pull the stuff out and I would just put it back on display in the closet on some shelves I had in the closet. And it would just sit there, you know. But it's weird because I never thought it was weird to have those things there. You know, I never thought it was strange that here I am, 16, 17, now 18 with those. And they didn't get put in storage until I went off to college, which is one of the worst things I could have ever done to my toys was put them in storage because... They got yellowed and everything else because they just weren't in a climate-controlled area. But anyhow, I digress. But that Kenner line, man, was was the best. Five points of articulation on those figures. A lot of people griping about five points of articulation on the new Force Awakens figures that are coming out. I'll go ahead and say this, man. That's what the originals had. The original figures were five points of articulation. It's cheaper, so it's going to keep the price point down on them. Uh, it helps the molds look a little bit better when you're not dealing with a bunch of uh, a bunch of screws and stuff. And I remember when the GI Joe figures went three and three quarter, and you know you had GI Joe and Cobra. I liked them okay, but man, and I know I know that toy technology has come a long way, guys. Okay, I'm not I'm not harboring any illusions about toy technology having stayed where it was in the '80s. But man, those G.I. Joe figures would get flimsy fast. Those joints would loosen up quickly, and it'd be hard to get them to stand straight. Um, and the same can be said of some of the some of the newer stuff with with these these multiple multiple points of articulation, especially on these three and three quarter inch figures. It's just hard sometimes to get them to stay in place because those you have one little ankle joint go, and the whole figure goes. So the five points of articulation I'm really good with, as long as the sculpt looks good, as long as the mold looks good. And and that's what they were back in the day. They'd turn their head, they'd raise their arms. In some cases, wouldn't even turn their head. Chewbacca, I'm looking at you, buddy. I'm looking at, at that weird mold of Chewbacca. The stormtrooper would not turn its head. The snowtrooper would not turn its head. You know, the, uh, the I think, let me see. Can I see one from here? The TIE Fighter pilot could. The Imperial Guard could not. Um, the AT-AT driver couldn't. And I say AT-AT driver. I say AT-AT, not AT-AT. The AT-AT driver couldn't. So, but man, good night. I love those things. And and look, they've been doing... And someone was talking to me the other day about obscure characters, and they didn't quite get 
Star Wars and like, well, who is this person? Where and and I said, well, that they were asking about Torin Far. Uh, they saw a, a black series character. I think that's her name, Taryn Farr. She, the, she's the uh, she's the communications lady from Hoth on on Empire. And they're like, "Who is this? Where is she in the movie?" I'm like, "She's on Hoth for a few seconds." She says, "Stand by, Ion Control, Fire." You know, that's what she says. And they're like, they made a figure of her. I'm like, "Oh, they've been doing that since the '70s." Hammerhead, Snaggletooth, Walrus Man. You know, all these background characters that were, of course, Walrus Man actually had a part in the movie. Other than just sitting there, but a lot of them were the background characters: Ugnots, Jawas, Sand People. Um, the, the Star Wars fans and Star Wars collectors have always been about let's get these background characters front and center, man. Let's put them out there. Let's have them. And I think that the collector mindset today of wanting all of those comes from the fact that early on, that's what we were given. You know, an Imperial officer. You know, those black helmets. Um, they gave us one of those freaking uh, the, what they called the Death Star droid, that silver droid with the bug eyes. You know, that's like in one quick shot. And actually, it's in the, the sand crawler where you see it the most clearly at that one point. It's just like, come on. If, if you're going to give us this, of course we want all the obscure things. Of course we want all these because we get to expand, pardon the universe, pardon the pun, expand the universe that we've been in. And so throughout the years, we've been given these these figures, these side figures, you know, right down to nowadays deleted scenes versions of figures and that sort of thing. And it's it's great. It's so, you know, it's so cool. But it went away, you know, and, and I remember the last Star Wars of the vintage stuff that I ever got, um, was, uh, a, was, was a, was a battle damage TIE fighter. They did the X-Wing, they did the TIE fighter. When they originally came out, they were both white. White X-Wing with all the different color trim on everything, the red and the yellow trim. The white TIE fighter with just the black wings. And then, um, around Empire, they did the battle damage stuff. And the X-Wing was a gray X-Wing and you had stickers you could put on it that represented the battle damage you know uh, i never got one of those but i ended up with the battle damage tie fighter which was more of a blue color um and, it, and again it also came with those battle damage stickers you could apply to different parts of it if you wanted to i never did but um same mold same pop-off wings and everything just a different color that was that tie fighter was the last piece of star wars merchandise i ever got off the shelf of the kenner line of things um, I found it in 1987 in a Toys R Us a few days after Christmas and it was magical in a way, you know, I was, I was, we had, our family had moved just a few months earlier from where I was born in Athens, Georgia, down to where we're, where we were at then and, and where I'm at now in Hazelhurst, Georgia. And, um, <clears throat> and I just found this thing and I'm like, I've got to have this, you know, and it was the last piece of Star Wars merchandise from the Kenner line that I bought off the shelf. And, and so it holds a special place in my heart. And it's also a little sad, you know, that, that that was it, you know, and, and, and I didn't even realize it then as a 10 year old kid that, you know, it was going to be gone for a while, you know, it was going to go away for a little bit. It'll be okay though. It'll come back one day. Um, and man, it did. And gee whiz, the collecting stuff has just blown up. In fact, our latest goal poll, uh, we've got one about Bigfoot, but we'll get to that on the next episode. But our latest goal poll we put up was for Star Wars collectors, and it was which of the which, in your opinion, was the best line of Star Wars action figures from Kenner and Hasbro? 
Um, I should have not said the. I should have excluded the original Kenner line, um, but I didn't uh, because everyone just kind of gives that as their their choice. Like, well, you can't go wrong with the original Kenner line, and I agree. You know, there, there's a certain nostalgia and a certain love there. But uh, but several people chimed in, like Kenny Crowley Jr. Uh, of them, I like the 30th anniversary collection from 07 and the vintage collection from 2010. Bo Cannell says, old school Kenner, five points of articulation is all you need. Dylan Newhouse says, there's no way Kenner doesn't win. I have a soft spot for the orange Power of the Force 2, but my vote is for the vintage series of recent years. Also, three and three-quarter death. <laughs> Got no time for the tall boys. Tad Winter says, He-Man figures the, uh, from the 90s. That's the Power of the Force 2 line. That's what I grew up on. Five points of articulation and just great molds. See, and Tad, I would say, no, they're not. Not those are first ones. Mm-mm. They're too, they're too muscly. They're too He-Man. But to this day, I can't eat Fruit Loops because of the mail away for Stormtrooper hand. Uh, to get one for each of us kids, my dad uh, and my dad, we ate way too much of that. Also, a subline in the 90s was the Shadow of the Empire line. The swoop bike was one of the first I remember seeing with more points of articulation. As a kid, I loved playing with those. The Shadows of the Empire line was cool. It was it was a great um, it was a great. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm getting really. I don't know what's going on here, guys. I apologize. Oh, nice. I just got a text from somebody, and I don't know who it is or how they got this number, but. <laughs> How did you get this number? But they sent me a a list of I guess they got a student and it says and the child's name is Leia Sky, last name Walker, Leia Skywalker. But anyhow, um, Grant Martin says Kenner and the Clone Wars line. I'm interested if that's the Clone Wars line from when the Clone Wars the the Dave Filoni animated series or the Gindy Tartakovsky stuff. Chris Vertitional says, while I will say it's the first Kenner series, the Black series is the first line in a long time to tempt me to start collecting figures again. Um, Ila and Edgar Dazard say, I'm one of those weirdos who leaves them mint on cards, so vintage collection. I love the old school look. I like the large Black series sculpts, but they're too expensive to get many. Jason Bogue says, I played with the original figures, even had an X-Wing back in my childhood, but I'm going to go with the 90s Powers of the Force 2. Orange and green cards. Love those figures. I love this line here. Bought as many as I could, and some of them eventually had really good sculpts. Eventually, yeah, they improved as the as the line went forward. Um, Joe Tidwell says, uh, Joel Tidwell says, I don't really collect, but you can't beat the original Dirty Dozen. He's, and he got a picture of the original twelve, which are a Sand Person, three PO, the Death Squad Commander, Han Solo, Chewbacca, Leia, Luke, R two. Vader, Stormtrooper, and Obi-Wan Kenobi. Power of the Force 2 says Garvin Orden. Muscles. Michael Morris says, I vote Bendems. Okay, seriously, I'll go with the 30th anniversary collection. They they released Lando in hands clothes. Yeah, they had the Lando in the smuggler outfit. RJ Sterling says, I like one of the original Force Unleashed figures. They have an Imperial Jump Trooper and a Stealth Invisible Trooper. Can't remember the name off the top of my head. Uh, that came out around the same time as those 30th anniversary action figures. Greg DeMott says, I'm old and biased, but I love the original lineup. Original Kenner says, Kenneth Ward close second to the vintage collection. Uh, Christopher Lutz says, I'm kind of, I'm a kid of the prequel era and I started collecting back in 07. So the 30th anniversary collection is my sentimental favorite, but the best line I've seen as a collector would be the vintage collection. High quality figures from across the saga 
on excellent vintage style cars. It was a lot of fun looking for those a few years back. No, it was not, Christopher. I disagree. We'll talk about that momentarily. Power of the Force 2 from the 90s. I spent so much of my money on that line back in high school, says Heath Holland. Brian Beatty says, I'm biased, but the original Kenner line are the ones that speak to me. Hoth, Han, and Luke driving around a pickup, pickup truck toy, don't judge me, he says, is still one of my fondest childhood memories. Having said that, I do really like the latest Black Series figures from Hasbro. Um, Kevin Coglin, my cousin Kevin, who has a new show called Captain Lowball's Video Game Roundup on the YouTube. He says, it's hands down the original line, lack of articulation and all. Casey Urie says, my three favorites are probably the Power of the Force 2, the Revenge of the Sith line, and the 2007 30th anniversary. The Power of the Force 2 were the ones coming out when I was a kid and started collecting. Plus, those bright green cards with Vader in the corner looked awesome. The Revenge of the Sith line I really liked mainly because of the packaging. I love the bubble blister. Oh, really? See, Casey, you're the one. Because I did not, and I think it's probably still my favorite now. With the 2007 line, I really liked the coins that came with the figure. I had a binder type thing. You could put the coins in and display them. It really made me want to collect them all, but unfortunately, I wasn't able to. That line also had those cool Ralph McQuarrie concept figures. John Phillips says, The original Kenner line, but the new 6-inch line I like a lot if I can find them. Adrian Suarez says, For me, power the force, because that's when I started collecting. Shannon Eno says, Original Kenner line, never really collected figures except a few of my favorite characters, but there's just something about those originals that I love. Patrick Jacina, Power of the Force all the way. I thought I really, though I really like the vintage collection they did a few years back. Nick Mertz says, as a fan of the newer movies and Clone Wars, I have to go with the current Saga Legends line. The vintage stuff is cool, but since I didn't really grow up with it, I don't have much nostalgia for them. I would have said the Power of the Force 2 line from the 90s, since that was the point I started buying figures, but the sculpts were really bad. They eventually got better with the sculpts. By the time they did, they started making figures way too articulated, and the lines began to increasingly focus on obscure characters and less on the main characters. With the new line, I feel like they are finally getting it right. The sculpts are good, the price points are reasonable, and they return the articulation back to where it was in the days of old. And they are staying uniform with that design across the new waves, and, they keep, and they're keeping major characters front and center, not doing new, slightly better, and slightly worse new versions every time they do it. My only complaint with the current line is there's still a number of major characters who haven't gotten figures yet in the new style. And I would like to see them work on, on that. Where's our Padme, Dooku, Ventress, Rex, Jar Jar, and Ahsoka figures? I think Ahsoka's coming. Uh, for me, the 30th anniversary collection for the multiple Cantina characters and the modern vintage collection for the return of the old Racing Stripe logo. I agree with Kyle Newman that everything should be on a vintage car. That's Mike McDonald says that. Todd Otto says my favorite will always be the original Kenner, especially the Return of the Jedi line. I got a ton of those, the Christmas of 83. Most of all the figures, the Ewok Village, even the Rancor. I never had a vintage Rancor. Kenner 3 and 3 quarter line. Nothing beats the original X-Wing and TIE Fighters, says Brian Beauchon. The Power of the Force ad-ad is a close second. Mark J. Kamphausen says, original line, no question. And Michael Atkins says, of course I'll say the originals from back in the day. When the Clone Wars was in full swing, my daughter was collecting, and I will have to say the articulation, the accuracy on those were incredible, not to mention the accessories they came with. Original and Clone Wars, that's my story. I'm sticking to it. So a lot of people chiming in on the goal pole, and <clears throat> I uh, I really, you know, look, the thing is, and I love the, I love the, the fact that 
I'm once again feel like I'm kind of the odd man out. Yeah. A lot of people said the Kenner line, but then a lot of people said that Power of the Force two line from the nineties because that's when they started. They were kids during that time. I was in college at that time when that came around. Now, right before the Power of the Force two line happened, we're not going to talk about Benham's because I never really got into them. But Micro Machines started doing their thing, and Galoob, who owned Micro Machines at the time, who was putting out Micro Machines, I think they've been absorbed by Hasbro now, or, or someone or Mattel. I'm not sure, but. Um, Micro Machines started to put out these three and four packs of, I think three, maybe it was four packs. No, maybe it's, I can't remember, three packs of just little ships. Micro Machines, B-Wing, X-Wing, X, you know, TIE Fighter, Y-Wing, Millennium Falcon, Imperial Shuttle. Um, all these different ships, they had little stands they would stand on. Man, I dug those. I'd pick them up. I, I, I was in high school and did not care. Didn't have a date, but did not care. Really dug those things. I liked their displayability. Um... You know, I like the fact they didn't take up a lot of room, and you just kind of have those little tchotchkes around your room as a high school kid. It'd be okay, you know. Um, but man, I then they learned how to make those play sets, and I got a couple of those, but I I, I had to get away from that after a while. It was just too much, you know. I, the the heads and everything that would fold out in different places. They're cool, but then you had the little bitty figures, and I don't know. I, I was just like, just stick with. To me, I was like, just stick with the with the vehicles. Um, but when I was in college, is right around the time the new Kenner toys started coming out, the new Power of the Force 2 line. Of those, I liked Vader. He looked really imposing. I liked his look, you know, big barrel-chested Vader. I, I was like, okay, I can handle this. The droids, I love. 3PO and R2 were great molds with that vac metal, metalizing they did. Um, 3PO was so shiny, and R2 was, you know, just great. And he had that third leg that would pop out, you know. And I didn't realize at that time in my life there'd ever been what was called the droid factory in the vintage line where you could make an R2 with that third leg that came out. And so to me, this was the first time we ever got that kind of screen-accurate R2-D2, you know. And, and instead of a sticker wrapped around his cylindrical body, it was actually molded with all the different, you know, little compartments and everything. None of them opened up, but, like, there was texture to it rather than just artwork to it and you know and, and a printed out sticker that was wrapped around there and i thought that was really really cool so i dug those and then as i started to see those vehicles i recognized they were just remakes of the old stuff and so I'm, i was never like oh i gotta have those because i you know i didn't feel like i had to have those they had a few extra little um things going for them like you could get a noise they actually had sounds from the movie and every everything instead of just a whirring whine but there there came a breaking point where the new stuff just started coming fast and furious. And I remember looking at some of these things in the store, realizing I was a poverty-stricken college student. I'm like, I'm missing it. I'm going to miss out on it all because, man, and those green cards, once the green cards started to come around and once they started to trim those molds down and get away from trying to be the He-Man look and everything, they really were some good figures. You know, uh, someone mentioned in one of their... Uh, one of one of their comments, the Admiral Akbar figure, I'd I'd replied about some stuff, and um, to Jason Bogues about eventually they got some really good sculpts. He says the Admiral Akbar looked really good, and he always liked the General Lando figure. I thought Tarkin looked good. He said I can go on and on, but I won't. I wish I still had my collection of the '90s figures. I lost them all in a tornado a few years. Oh man, I like to think that my figures got scooped up by that tornado, then rained down on some less fortunate kids. Guys, I wanna. I'm gonna use. I, I feel like we need to use some Patreon money to get Jason Bogue a few of those, 
those 90s figures. I feel like we owe it to him. He lost them in a tornado game. Come on. Come on. So, <clears throat> anyhow, um, so I missed out on some of that. I also missed out on the episode one stuff because I wasn't as rooted really anywhere at the time. I was, you know, I was bouncing forth between internships and school and home and internships. And so, so I missed a lot of that collecting stuff. And I, and once I finally kind of, I was done with college, I was in a job and I was settled in somewhere. And that's when they, it was between episodes one and two that this started to go down for me. And that's when the power of the four, the power of the Jedi line started to come. And this is when I really hardcore got back into collecting, was with the Power of the Jedi line. Because these figures were really cool. And someone had mentioned that, you know, Hasbro went to releasing less and less of your main characters and getting more into the obscure stuff that the fans were hollering for. And they did the fans' choice stuff, and they had all this stuff going on. But and, and you really did start to get a lot of those cantina aliens. You started to get a lot of background characters. And this is when collectors really kind of took front and center with their interactions with Hasbro and everything that was going on. But I feel like the Power of the Jedi line, I wasn't huge on the card. It had an Obi-Wan, like a cartoon version of Obi-Wan kind of jumping out at you. And, and um, I wasn't keen on the card, but I was very keen on those figures. I felt like that's where Hasbro really hit their sweet spot. The articulation wasn't necessarily just five points of articulation. There would be other different things that would happen. And, and the way the things were articulated made sense so that you didn't have a lot of rivets and screws and stuff showing. Um, but it but it looked good. The figure molds were great. Uh, there was an affordable price point. Ah, man, I like those Power of the Jedi figures. That was a good, good line for me. And then Attack of the Clones hit. And some of you might remember, you know, here recently with the Force Awakens stuff, we've been getting a lot of reports of people getting stuff earlier, you know, or, or um, showing up at Walmart and them having stuff on the shelves already and, and then being able to purchase it, that kind of thing. This happened with Attack of the Clones. I was in a Walmart down in Florida with a group of kids and right out there in the middle of the aisle were a bunch of boxes for Attack of the Clones and this this line still had a few weeks before it was supposed to be out on shelves. I popped a box open and got a Plo Koon and something else from that from that line with the with the Attack of the Clones stuff um, just to go ahead and get some early. But uh, that was the first Midnight Madness I ever did and I did Midnight Madness with my friend Marcus down in Jacksonville, Florida. I was living and working in Baxley, Georgia at the time at a church. We had an event that night that everything was going to hit. And I just thought, well, I miss it. I'll go someday. You know, I'll go to a Walmart in another town. Because the, the town at the time in Baxley, they didn't have a Walmart. They do now. Um, but, man, Marcus and I, Marcus called me. He said, hey, what are you doing? I said, well, I've got this thing out at the church tonight. When are you going to be done with that? Oh, it's going to be 9 o'clock or so before I'm done. He's like, well, when you're done, ride on down to Jacksonville. Now, that's about a two-hour-plus drive for me to get to where Marcus was. I'm like, why? What are you doing? He's like, I'm in line at Walmart for Midnight Madness. I'm like, are you serious? He's like, are you coming? I'm like, no, yes, yes, I'll be there. <laughs> so I got there a little after 11, found Marcus in line. There was about maybe a dozen other people waiting they had the they had the aisle set up it was roped off and man when midnight hit we attacked and i spent way too much money i got caught up in it man that night i was buying almost one of every figure bought a jedi starfighter which i dug i bought uh the the jango fett slave one um 
feels like I bought some other stuff that day, that night. Uh, I, I came away having spent a ton of money, though. And But, oh, what a fun time. It was meeting other it was This was before podcasting. This was forums and stuff on the Internet were starting, you know, were, were kind of the thing to do. To, to If you didn't have your own blog or, or website out there, you know, this was the way you kind of got to know people was through the forums and all. And to connect with other fans at that point was was a rare thing. And so we're sitting there talking to fans. And there was one or two scalpers. But, you know, it was like, and we all helped each other find what we were looking for. And, oh, it was just, oh, what a, and it was just hilarious that, that I trekked down there. So we, we wake his wife up. We get back to his house about 2.30 in the morning. We wake his wife up. And we're like, look what we bought. <laughs> like she cared. And she was so patient and nice with us. And it was just such a weird thing that we did like two children. And then I just went back to Baxley the next day. Spent the night went to Baxley the next day. And we went about my business. But I'd had those Attack of the Clones figures, man. I was there. And the the thing about those was is, is Hasbro decided we're going to go try to increase the play value. And so all of them had these different special features they would do. A lot of them did. And, you know, and and, and especially the deluxe figures. They, this is when they started doing Well, they'd had the deluxe figures for the for all of the lines, you know, and, and really kind of took front and center with some different things in the Power of the Jedi line. But with this, man, it was like this deluxe figure you launches this out. You know, the force power launches out of their hand. And. And so the molds suffered and the figures suffered because of that. Um, and they didn't quite bounce back from that until after the Revenge of the Sith stuff. But it, but between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith came that original trilogy, trilogy collection, or the Saga Legends. They, I tell you what I did like about the Attack of the Clones stuff, especially with the play sets and all, is the box art felt very old school. It felt like they were going for an old school vibe. Um, because of the way they were doing the box art and everything, but they never quite went full on vintage, you know, until around 2010 or so. But, um, but even without the color scheme, they felt classic. It felt classic. The, the, the Attack of the Clone stuff did. The original trilogy collection, I think, came along after that with the Tartakovsky Clone Wars and everything. And, and this is when, for me, the bubbles got weird because they just took up the whole card. It was just strange. And I never really cared for that. But this is where they started to pack in game pieces and that sort of thing. And I'm like, what are you doing? What is this? Because Hasbro was really trying to get this gaming aspect in with these things. I don't know. And that lasted for a while. And I don't know what that was about. Um, Return of the, Re Revenge of the Sith hits, though. And I can't stand those cards. I cannot stand the way those cards look. I can't stand the way they feel. They don't store well if you keep them in the card. I don't think they display well. The figures, to me, left a little bit to be desired for the most part. Um, but I was at Midnight Madness. There was a new Walmart in town, in the town of Baxley, Georgia. And just for kicks and giggles, uh, we got back from actually a youth trip. I was a youth pastor at the time. We got back from a youth trip. And just for kicks and giggles, I told one of, the, one of our college kids, I'm like, I'm going to Walmart tonight at midnight to see if they've got anything. He's like, okay, I'll go with you. And so me and him and one other person, like three of us, and we were the only ones, had our run of the place. It was glorious. And I bought a few figures. I wasn't quite financially where I could just kind of go hog wild like I did with the Attack of the Clones. Or maybe I'd grown a little bit more responsible over the past three years. 
Um, but oh man, it was just, it was a great moment because the lady was so excited to see anybody there and they had one of the big tents that they were doing. They had different Walmarts had these big tents where they had all the stuff out in the tents and, and there was a huge storm, like a hurricane had come up the coast or something. There was a huge storm that came through that weak storm system. And so they had to move everything inside. But, uh, man, that lady was so excited to see us. And she'd always talk to me when I went back to that Walmart, Oh, are you here for some toys? I'm like, sure I am. And, um, but she was just really stoked that anyone showed up, you know, that night. And it was a great time. We had so much fun doing that. The 30th anniversary collection were fun. I, I'm still not cool on the card situation, but the coins was an idea from the original Power of the Force line in the 80s. You know, you try to get some old school Power of the Force coins, you're going to pay a pretty penny. It's like they're real money. Um, <clears throat> I miss these. I miss these due to financial issues. And someone was talking about the binder for them that you could keep all the coins in. And I got that for Christmas one year. My parents just found it on clearance or something. So this would be funny to give them. And they gave it to me. And, of course, that started me hunting down the, the 30th anniversary just so I can fill that binder up. I still got a ways to go with them. But um, but I love those. I, I like what they did with the 30th anniversary because they had main characters front and center. They had characters done in a way we'd never seen them necessarily before done. They also had your side characters. They had your background. It was a good balance to me, that 30th anniversary line was. Um, and then the Clone Wars came along and the cards were horrible. I hated those cards. The, the clone trooper, the stormtrooper face and that big bubble, the figures, you know, hit or miss on some of them, but the build a droid was cool. The problem was distribution began to be a nightmare with these things. You would see that this would been released over here and that been released over here, but you could never find them. This is where for me, I think with the 30th anniversary and the stuff, you know, there were a few minor cards, you know, fi figures that would kind of get lost in the shuffle here or there. With these, with the telling of that 30th anniversary into the Clone Wars, this is where it really got ugly, the distribution stuff. And things would just warm the pegs forever. Um, and so the Builder Droids were cool, but you could never find the ones you needed. So you could have them all. And it's like, why this is this is this is where my frustration as a collector started to set in with Hasbro's because it's like I want to collect them all, but you're not letting me. You know, there's something there's something amiss with what's going on. And then think the maker. This oil bath is going to feel so good. They 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 go to the vintage card now. Back in the original trilogy line, that was the first place we ever got the remakes of the vintage line. If you remember, for collectors, like what, and they had the like the star cases they'd be packed in. It was the old school card. There was a different back on them, and it was a new type of figure, new sculpt, new articulation, everything. And this was when they first started toying with that original trilogy stuff. But it would be when this vintage collection came along, um, and uh, and and they started with like a lot of Empire Strikes Back heavy, and from there they just went nuts, man. And we got card, we got figures on cards we never dreamed we'd get on vintage cards we got a Tarkin on a vintage card we got deleted scenes on vintage cards we got Phantom Menace Attack of the Clones Revenge of the Sith cards you know we got attack we got Clone Wars cards we had an Ahsoka on a Clone Wars card we we've got um X-Wing and B-Wing pilots Wedge Antilles first time ever on a vintage card uh, even some expanded universe people, man, on vintage cards. It was so cool. I really, really dug the vintage line. And to me, 
you know, if if the if the figures were too expensive to make the way they were making them to get a good price point, my thing is go back to that five points of articulation. Go back to the vintage car. That's just my opinion because they look classic. The, when you see them, you know they're Star Wars, and you know you get a picture of the character that's there, and you know, and on the back, especially if they do the old school checklist, you can see what do you need. But have I mentioned the distribution issues? These things began to be hard to come by, especially for me in small town Georgia. It was really, really hard to come by these things, but I love them so much. And I, I would find a few lots here and there on eBay and I'm still missing a few, but I've got them displayed on my wall. They look great. I think they're beautiful. I've got them displayed in no particular order. I should probably really geek out and try to change the order how I have them displayed, but, and I've got more that need to be displayed. But man, they're great stuff. It's really cool, you know, to have them hanging because it does bring back a sense of nostalgia. But with looking at the, once you look at the figures, you're like, oh, but that's special. There's something special going on here with these things, you know. So, so that's, you know, I don't know. I guess I've just kind of given a history and a little bit of my opinion here. Now we're into the Saga Legends and the Black Series and the, and the Rebels and the Mission Series. And I like those. I, I, li I dig the five points of articulation. I'm okay with that, as I've said. Uh, I don't like the cards. The cards are tiny little things, and to me, they get swallowed up. Star, If you have the license to do Star Wars action figures, in my opinion, this is just one man's opinion, ladies and gentlemen, you should dominate the toy aisle. It's a different market today. When I was a kid, back in my day, when I was a kid, you know, you'd walk in to a toy store, to a, there was a store down in Waycross, Georgia, where my grandparents lived, called Pick and Save, where you go in, and there would just be a huge, it just, in my mind's eyes, you know, little Steve just sees a huge wall, basically, of Star Wars figures. And we don't have that anymore. That's not a thing these days. And that's unfortunate because I feel like, and I feel like that's on Hasbro. I feel like that's on their promotion of of these figures. I feel like that is on their uh, lack of understanding of how to properly get these things out the distribution again has been has been terrible um the uh, when you've got a show called star wars rebels on disney xd and kids are loving it and people are loving it kids should have access to every single figure they want whether it's chopper zeb hera sabine ezra kanan um you know even some of the bad guys you know the inquisitor um that minister lady who died in the opening in the in in season two the the two uh imperial officers um kanan's friend from from the imperial academy um you know they should have they, they should have a ghost ship that you can put your figures in and play you know those things they 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 put out of the the inquisitor's tie fighter they put out a horrible troop transport that's nothing but an empty shell I, that's the thing it's like they've let the quality of what they've got out there go down, and I don't know why. I don't know who's buying this stuff and what the appeal is. Because it's like they'll hit these brilliant things, but they get the price point too high to be really successful for them. And, and rather than find a middle ground, they go all the way back the other way. But my thing is, is find that middle ground and promote them. You've got a, you've got a freaking toy commercial every week on Disney XD with Star Wars Rebels. 
use get some commercials in there, man. Those old Kenner commercials, that's how we knew about those toys that were coming out. Kids watch TV. They do. You know, get them out there. And then I say to Hasbro, bring me in and let's talk about an app you can develop for the tech-savvy child who wants not only a checklist but a game to go along. You want to get in the gaming thing, apps are where it's at. You know, look what Disney's doing with their Disney Infinity stuff. Man, they are cleaning up. But if you do that with the Star Wars deal and have an app on a phone or a tablet that a kid can add a character based on the one they just bought at the store and, you know, and they can play with that character with their play sets and everything, or they can have that character's power and just a little puzzle game on, on the thing. For the collectors, there's a checklist, there's feedback, there's discussion points, all this stuff. You can you can do it, you know? And 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 have everything you want to have and and have that st- and use that app to promote new figures that are coming and hey make sure your stores that you shop at are getting these things and that sort of thing um and and i think then you'll find that there's still a market i think there is still a market for star wars action figures and star wars play sets that are that are movie faithful that kids who see the movies will then go play with you know that don't look like cartoon versions of these things not that you know of course rebels is a cartoon but you know it's great that we're getting these disney infinity things and they and they look cool and the game looks fun and everything but i won't you know i think most people collectors especially and, and i think even kids if you get a movie movie faithful version you know, three and three quarter inch figure, then it's great. The six inch line, I've, I've talked about my addiction to the to the Black Series six inch line. But what appeals to me about that is, is they basically come out in waves of four. And you're talking about $80, you know, at a $20 price point for four figures. The deluxe ones are like 40 bucks and I've missed out on some of those. But you're talking about good sculpts, good solid uh, quality of, uh, they, they stand up, the joints stay pretty tight. Um, and, and you're talking about, uh, for the most part, that, that, that slave lay is not really a good sculpt of Leia, by the way, but for the most part, really good sculpts, really neat looks to them. You can open the box and keep it in good shape and display these things out of the box and then easily put them back in the box. If you want to display them in the box or you need to store them or you need to take them somewhere, you know, that sort of thing. And, um, and I dig them because they're obtainable. They're even, even with the price point they're obtainable when a new wave comes out, you know, because rather than collecting eight cards with a chase, eight figures with one chase figure, I, I can basically get these four figures, you know, and, and they'll be on the pegs at the store. Uh, the Hot Wheels stuff I've talked about, man, I love the Hot Wheels stuff. Um, I am, I, I, I've been sucked into what they're doing with the Hot Wheels stuff. I really, really dig it. And now as we look ahead to, you know, my line of collecting is the action figure stuff. There's been a lot of stuff they've shown that hasn't really captured my attention and captured my imagination. It's the action figures that I'm on. I hate those cards. I hate the cards we've seen. And I, I, this is your safe place. to get. If you like them, that's fine. I'm not saying you're wrong if you dig those cards. Just like with the people who like the Revenge of the Sith cards and everything. That's your prerogative. You can dig those all you want to. I just don't like them. You know, that's what a safe place to geek out is, is I can say I don't like something and, and and it's fine that you do. You know, that's what that's all about. 
I don't understand why we just can't get vintage style cards. I don't understand what the problem is with that. I don't understand what what Hasbro thinks. They don't communicate with the fans enough to say, look, these didn't sell as well as you thought they would. Or, you know, we we tried. I I don't know. And and maybe it's that they don't. Maybe maybe they're super expensive to make a little bit bigger. But um, I'm not a fan of the cards. But the figures I've seen, I like. I like the five points of articulation. I like the sculpts we've got. I like what we're seeing out of out of what Hasbro's doing. My, the question for me really is, um, is the is the distribution going to do what it's done in the past and just fall apart? You know, are we going to be left to rely on? Um, on what's basically been shoddy distribution's point. I don't know, but I'm excited about it. I'm excited about what's coming out. I'm excited about trying to figure out where I'm going to put episode seven figures in this room. I still don't have all my black series figures displayed appropriately. And there's other stuff that's displayed that I'm like, well, I don't want to move that, but I guess I need to let that retire that for a while. But I got to do some curating basically is what's got to happen, ladies and gentlemen. But it's Star Wars, you know, and it'll always capture my attention. It's like I told someone... When I walk in this room, I was talking to a friend the other night, and there was a time in my life where I thought, it's time to get rid of it all. It's time to just sell it off and be done with it. But there was there came a point when I started to do that, and going through the stuff just brought back that old feeling of cleaning out the closet and just getting to handle every toy and touch every toy and see everything and and fiddle with it a little bit and remember what it was like to play with it. And this spark of happiness shot through my little heart. And so I started to get the room set up the way I wanted to. I started to get things on display. I started to move things around. And now, started to hang some art on the walls. And now when I walk in here into this room from whence I broadcast, it just makes me happy. You know, it, it, it brings me a tiny little bit of happiness. I'm not saying joy, I'm not saying it's my religion. But I'm saying it brings me a little bit of happiness. And I can just sit around. I can spin around in my chair. And I can look at the different things. I can walk up to the shelves. I can move a toy here. Touch a figure there. Do this kind of stuff. You know. And, and just just think about it. And just enjoy it. Because at the end of the day, that's what it's about. That's what this whole thing has got to be about. When people complain about what they're not liking about casting or what they're not liking about the direction of a new Star Wars or, oh my gosh, I can't believe they spoiled this or or what about, why have we seen Luke more? Why have we seen this more? What? I just stop and I'm like, it's fun. And if all we do is gripe and complain, if all we do is try to tear down the stuff that we've loved for so many years, then why continue to invest in it? Why continue to try to enjoy it? You know, if all we do is say, and I've been guilty of it, well, they took away the Clone Wars, they did away with the Expanded Universe, they did, then step away. Don't have anything, stop where you were, and let that be where your fandom ends at this point with Star Wars. Or, just remember what it all is. It's just fun. It's a blast. So just have a good time with it. And know that that's what it's meant to do. And if you get more out of it than that, then that's just icing on the cake.
Don't forget to head over to audibletrial.com slash geekout. Start your free trial at Audible today. You want a Geek Out Loud shirt? We've got the Geek Out Online shirt. Your basic gold shirt. Your basic goo shirt, if you will. At uh, geekoutonline.com slash shirts. Also, a Mark Out Loud shirt is there. Keep heading that way as we're going to roll out more and more designs as the weeks go on. Use those Amazon links at Geek Out Podcast and geekoutonline.com to help us out. If you want to support us directly, of course, you can go to patreon.com slash geekoutloud. Get ready to know who you need to follow on Twitter. You want to follow at geekoutloud, at Goloverse. I'm at Steve Glosson. Don't forget to follow at Goloverse Reads for the book club news and book club information. If you want to join up in the book club, it's simple. Go over to geekoutonline.com slash reads. That'll take you to the Goodreads page where the Goloverse uh, book club is. And you can jump in on all the discussions, nominate books, be a part of everything that's going on there. Geekoutonline.com slash reads. Follow them at Goloverse Reads. Also, follow at Goloverse Quotes. Whoever is doing that is doing a good job. They listen to the shows and they just start posting quotes of whoever said it on whatever show. And it's always a fun reminder and a fun listener. And it's a, it's a good way to favorite different tweets and get people into the shows that you love in the Goloverse. If you're listening to this live tonight, Teresa is going to be tweeting her experience from Midnight Madness, as will our friend Eric Schoenweiss. Follow Teresa at Ice Cold Penguin on Twitter and Instagram. Follow Erish on Twitter at Darth underscore Duff, at Darth Duff on Twitter for them. Facebook.com slash Geek Out Loud. Every now and again, there's a goal poll that's put up. You can interact with friends and other geeks there. It's a good time at facebook.com slash geekoutloud. The email is geekoutonline at gmail.com. Geekoutonline at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. We've still got a lot more to go through. Sometimes the only way to clear out a mailbox is to do a dance party. So we may have one of those coming up here pretty soon. Who knows? Who knows what we'll do? We're crazy around here. We're crazy. Guys, thank you so much for all that you do. Just listening to the show means a lot. If you listen on iTunes, go leave us a review. Let people know about Geek Out Loud, your safe place to geek out. I really appreciate every single one of you listening. Thanks to everyone who's joined us live at Mixer.com slash Goloverse. Thank you especially to our Patreon supporters, patreon.com slash geekoutloud. You guys have saved my life for the past year and some change. You mean the world to me, and I am forever, ever, ever appreciative and in your debt for the goodness and the kindness you've shown the Goloverse. Check out our other shows at geekoutpodcast.com. And don't forget, we're a proud part of Shot Glass Digital. Lots of good audio material over at shotglassdigital.com. Of course, the the flagship show there, Rebel Force Radio. I believe that's got everything out of the way. Happy hunting on those toy aisles, everyone. We'll see you next time on Geek Out Loud. Geek Out Loud.